Monday today and I've got Lauren Hernandez here with me at home, which is really um, nice. And actually, I did the usual thing, no? When, when you have like somebody that you don't know around, it's like, so who's your mom? Who's your dad? I didn't go, I didn't get that. I just looked at her face and it immediately clicked. She was my friend uh, Jelaine's daughter, so yeah, and Alison, who I know very well. I've known Alison. Actually, Alison's more my age than your mum. Your mum's a little bit older. That's what my mum said. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, Lauren, um, thank you very much for coming. No Lauren um, is part of Women Rising because she is a woman and she's doing incredibly well in London. And I was very excited when I saw the Jib Kitchen um, Instagram posts advertising um, your collection. Um, it was all quite square and boxed and I quite like that kind of thing and having, as I was telling you, having grown up with a mother who um, used to cut dresses out from patterns and tracing paper on the dining room table as I was growing up at home, um, I want to know all about it from like a modern, <laughs> yeah. modern perspective because my mum used to buy the patterns. Um, buy the material, then cut out, draw it out with some chalk. We were forever looking for chalks in oh, London and we imagine. used to go John Lewis. <laughs> I used to spend my youth in the John Lewis in the haberdashery department. I still go all the time. You do? <laughs> I do. It's, it's just brilliant, isn't yeah. it? Because they have everything there and buying buying paper. Anyway, tell me about you. What, what, tell me exactly what you're doing in London and how you got there. And So I'm doing my master's in pattern and garment technology. And that is basically, like you said, creating the patterns. And garment technology is all about the fit of garments and how appropriate they are for their use. So, for example, like sportswear, if you know they're breathable and all of these types of things. Um, and I decided to go into that because I did my degree in fashion at Northumbria University. Um, I specialized in menswear, which was something quite different. In menswear? In menswear, yeah. And then I worked for two years and I think trying to get into the industry is very difficult. Really hard. And you're in London right now. Yeah. I mean, oof, I can't even begin to imagine. So you did your degree in Northumbria and yeah. you finished your degree, which was in what? In dress designing or? In, in fashion design. In fashion. With a specialism in menswear, basically. And what have you had you done before that? Growing up in jib? Had you like altered things for your family? So, like the usual, yeah, I yeah. don't know, like, <laughs> yeah. Lauren, no. So I always was creative when I was younger. I used to knit with my granny. My auntie Alison is very creative. She's very crafty. Yeah, yes. very crafty. Yes, so she I is. was always doing stuff like that. And then when I was in school for work experience, most people went to schools and I went to Lorcas Hammond to her workshop yes, and I did I that it. for a week. And then from there I started sewing lessons. So I would go once a week for three hours and I did that for about three years, I think. That was your like your hobby, like other yeah, yeah, like other people play sports. You Completely. went to sewing lessons, yeah. And then from there, it was basically learning how to make patterns from scratch with nothing but just measurements, really, which is a a skill that when I went to the UK, I realized not many people know how to do. Absolutely not. Yeah, and it was you know from making the patterns, cutting them out, sewing them to a professional finish. And then once I decided I wanted to do fashion at uni, then I started doing some drawing lessons and trying to get into that side as well, because it is so many skills you have to combine. And then at university, I started with women's wear because that's all we learned at Dorcas. It was making clothes for yourself, really. And can you choose what you make or when you're at uni? No. Yeah, you can or choose you can. anything, really. So we could specialize in... Men's wear, women's wear, print or knit. And I thought 
my tutor said to me, well, you could do menswear. And I thought, oh my gosh, I don't even know what I would do. Well, a challenge. I mean, Exactly. It was more of a, a challenge with women's wear. There's, for me, the way it made sense to me is there's, there's so many options, a skirt, a dress and shorts. Whereas men's clothing is much more limited. limited. It's trousers, shorts and like shirts. Yeah. Or so, jackets, or play, jackets, that kind of thing. Yeah. So it was then how can I make this very limited selection of men's clothes something more interesting and so what what do you what do you base your designs on i mean what inspires you to to um make a collection to be honest i just get inspired by people i see like on the street or like um even just celebrities that wear like very cool clothes menswear that's a bit um different from the usual menswear that can be a little bit boring, I think, sometimes, and very safe. Um, even living in London, just sometimes on the tube, there's someone like with a really cool outfit on, and I'm like, but That's you know what? Amazing. I, I tell you something I got from because my my daughter's really into Harry Styles. He's very ha- cool. Harry yeah. Styles wears the kind of thing that I saw a little bit in your collection, mm. which is slightly well, not slightly feminine, feminine, yeah, bl- blouses and things like that. But they actually look very cool on him. Mm-hmm. He can carry it carry it you know mm-hmm. I think some people can and others probably can't yeah. I think that's confidence as well yeah for sure because I think a lot even at, like everyone women men if you wear something with confidence then it's like well you could whatever, wear anything you can wear you could, anything you could go out in a whereas, mankini yeah. and just <laughs> whereas if you're cool. a bit more shy or you're not sure of fashion fashion can be very intimidating for people I think really because there's so much out there that people get confused. Well, what do I wear and what's cool and what isn't? So, mm. yeah, Harry Styles is a very good Harry Styles is cool, but I see more and more. I mean, the other day we watched um, one of the Oscars. We've watched the BAFTAs. There's more and more men uh, dressing up in, mm. in women's clothes. Yeah. A lot of people, a lot of, my, for example, my mom's generation think, oh, so they must be gay. Yeah. I mean, oh, for you sure. know, my daughter tells me that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> You know, so it's, I think it's generation thing, this, 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 this gender thing that people, you have to fall into. I I don't think that kind of exists anymore so much. I agree Um, completely. You know, and with fashion, I think that makes it more interesting. And with fashion, you're more able to express that, I think. Yeah. Do you agree? Definitely. I think fashion is a form of self-expression, really. You wear what you want. If you like colors, um, when I designed my collection, I thought I don't really want to use black. Everyone uses black as a very safe option i say as you're wearing black you are you are (laughs) so i really set out a mission to you know put colors there was orange pink red not really colors that you see um men wear really but they all worked together so cohesively that i thought actually pink and red are really in right now everything is pink and red i love pink (laughs) yeah so do i i like bright pink so so um you you graduated from northumbria with a degree in fashion yeah and then what did you do so then I... Well, you're doing your master's. Yes, but before that, I moved to London without a job. I just decided to move, which is a bit wow. crazy. Um, no, it's brave. Yeah, I think at the time it was pre-pandemic, so there was a bit more of a scope for fashion jobs. And I got a job as a studio assistant for a very small company in London. And as an as a studio a studio a fashion studio yeah and ah. just an assistant so at least so it was in the in the it, world yeah, of fashion yeah um, it's obviously very different I think when I graduated I had a strong sense of what I wanted to do so fashion is a very it's very broad you have like you say your mum did the pattern cutting yeah. side there's the actual designing the making 
And I realized that the designing was the side that I didn't enjoy as much. I liked the making and the physical work. Um, so then as a studio assistant, you're kind of limited in what you're doing because you're just doing odd jobs. What do you do as a studio assistant? A bit of everything, really. I can only imagine. I've watched that um, TV series on Netflix called the one with the three women and they live in New York. Um, oh, I know what you're talking about. It was, yes, <laughs> and work a magazine. Yes, yes, and they work for a magazine. The bold type. The bold That's type, it's exactly. Yeah, it's I've not, watched that. It's not glamorous. I think um, a lot of people have a misconception that in fashion it's really, because it is a very glamorous thing. It's very well paid, but they don't really, and especially when you're first starting out, it's really, really difficult to kind of get like a nice well-paying job especially living in London and the stereotypes are that they don't treat you very nicely and from my experience it was kind of difficult maybe not being appreciated and kind of knowing my value was more than what yes. I was being appreciated for so then that's when I decided okay I'm just gonna go back into university and do a get a master's degree that's more specialized in what I want to do so then hopefully when I graduate from that then I can get a job proper job a proper job so your work <laughs> as a studio assistant um involved running around but did you meet anyone famous did you did you were you able to sort of show off your creativity not really that's the the difficult thing is it's very much one person's vision and you're just having to kind of follow that so um i definitely didn't meet anyone famous which mm. is a shame and did you learn any skills i definitely learned skills i think there's skills you already know kind of from university, but obviously when you're working in the industry, you're learning more um, liaising with factories and everything. So then you're just learning how to communicate, um, mm. how people need to like receive communication and, you know, really tight deadlines. And um, Were they designing the studio? Um, so it was running under one like man. So he would design and then we would kind of... Oh, okay. Bring the ideas <laughs> to life. fruition, which is usually wow. how it is. Oh, yeah. Is that the how it is? People at the top just have an so idea, but they don't really... Have a clue. Do a Really? Lot. No, completely. I did three <laughs> internships and they, the the bosses, they just give like a sketch or something. And a lot of the times the sketch is pretty difficult to understand. And it's the pattern cutters really who are making this like vision they are the, they are the true life. the true yeah. skillage behind I, yeah, completely really i always think they never get enough credit for what they do really because well no i've seen my mom cutting out i mean it's like a jigsaw pieces of tracing paper and then this is this and she imagines it mm -hmm. in her head exactly what it's going to look like and you from from what she's cutting out I'm thinking I would never mm -hmm. I mean she always thought that I might develop that flair for <laughs> did you ever try no I did try but I'm rubbish I can just about do a hem or so you know a, a hole in a sock um, or a button on a jacket yeah. or and I do all that for my family but that's I mean pff, that's about it um, yeah. thank goodness there are dressmakers here and and I take everything to the dry cleaners and then they do the base, mm. whatever. But it's a very, really good skill, I mean, to have. Yeah. Um, do, do you make your own clothes? I try to, but I think when when I was working, especially it was, I was doing kind of fashion, like every minute of the day and staying like late that then the weekends would come and I would not want to look at a sewing machine for a whole weekend and I would want to <laughs> like relax. So I think since being at university again I've found because I'm doing 
fashion for myself I'm doing like I'm practicing what I want to do then I feel more creative so I I try and make some things for myself I generally keep um myself busy doing lots of creative things I'm learning how to crochet and oh, my really? cousin's having a baby so I'm making like so many baby dresses Clothes. for that and I do embroidery so how can I explain this in the right way it's basically looking at a garment and getting making sure it's perfect so if someone a designer comes and they say I want um, a pocket on the side of a trouser a garment technologist is going to think what is the best way to make this pocket depending on the budget for the garment because obviously places oh, okay. like Primark are going to be making things the cheapest way possible whereas you know Dior Gucci can afford to make something yeah. nicer because they can finish it off in nicer ways and then looking at the fit of the garment and just making sure garments are like really fit for purpose um but the pattern cutting side is what I prefer more and I'm focusing now on sustainability, which I think is I was going to ask you because it's a very wasteful um, industry yeah. where people buy clothes and then you won't be seen dead in the same outfit yeah. again. And you're spending thousands of pounds on these incredible designs mm -hmm. by these famous people that you're yeah. never going to wear again. I mean, there's more and more that are being auctioned, more and more mm -hmm. that are being sold again. Yeah. Uh, only, well, only I know I watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh, That's I quite fashion, yeah. you see? <laughs> You see, and, I love it. And one of the one of the people on it had J Lo's dress, the mm, green yes. and yellow one, which was very revealing yeah. with the deep plunging neckline. And that one of the drag queens had bought it at auction or something. So at least it's, I thought to myself, well, at least yeah. it's being recycled. I think J Lo'd worn it for the Super Bowl. You know the yeah, one I mean? Yeah, it's the, very, the very flowy. famous one. Yes. Yeah. And I thought, oh, well, no, I'm glad in a way that that this must be going yeah. on. I thought to myself. So does that happen? I mean, I think it is difficult. I think sustainability, I'm practicing university. So the patterns I make are completely zero waste. So I'm using up like every centimeter of fabric, even if it's for like a label or like a hanging loop when you hang it up on a hanger and everything. But it is difficult because even as like a student, like I buy from Sara and H&M and everything because, you know, we're young and who can afford to spend yeah, 150 pounds. pounds on a sustainable mm. t-shirt and mm. so I don't think it is that accessible but I think you know um the dresses I've been making for my cousin's baby it's all out of my old clothes so when oh, I wow. keep fabric that when I go through yes. my wardrobe and I want to get rid of stuff if there's stuff that like I like the fabric of and I think it's cute I'll keep it and then I'll make it into something else Wow. So I think people can... Well, they do that here as well. I see somebody does it. I don't know who on Facebook. Um, like if somebody dies... Yeah, like memorial, like memorial, teddy bears and yes. stuff like that. And shirts, like if your dad yeah. dies and then he's got all his shirts, you can make them into cushions. Mm -hmm. I've seen that before I love that well. idea because, yeah. because at least it's, you know, not going to waste. I mean, I don't think people throw clothes away. I give to a lot of clothes away to, someone else. to charity yeah. and to, to people that I know who live in my area, him, mm -hmm. who need it. Yeah, <clears throat> but even then it is difficult because you can, like I do the same, I never throw away anything because, you know, there's someone else that can have it and they'll wear it. But obviously if you something breaks or whatever, then you're throwing it away essentially. And then that's really where the problem is because so much gets like thrown. And in fashion, I think there's like a statistic of like 20% of the fabric used to make like a garment ends up going in the bin. Gosh, which that's is like very really, wasteful. it's very wasteful. And if you think about how much 
Yeah. How many clothes are being produced, like, all the time? Where did your passion for, um, for fashion, your passion for fashion? My passion for fashion. Come from? I don't really know. I wish it, I wish I had, like, a moment where I you, could... You just knew that this is what you liked. Yeah, I remember I did textiles, um, GCSE, and that obviously we were doing a bit of everything, cross-stitch and this and that. Mm. And I remember I always wanted to focus on clothes, but I don't really remember where it came from kind of before mm. that. I guess when you when I was younger and playing with Barbies and Bratz <laughs> so dolls and dress-up games, like on the computer, I guess I always, like, I don't know, a weekend and I'm just watching TV, I'll just be doing crochet or embroidery or anything. And it is so, so, so relaxing. You just switch off because... You're putting all your energy into what into you're that. doing with your hands, that and you're not creating. thinking about anything else, and you're just relaxing, and it's so, so, so nice. Hi there. Are you looking to book some driving lessons for yourself, your children, or even just some repression lessons? Do you need your confidence rebuilt? Are you needing a car license for work purposes? Then look no further. At Hill Studs Driving School, we cater to the needs of our students whilst offering a safe and fun environment. We offer bundles at discounted prices for anyone listening to this podcast. So please do not hesitate to message us via our Facebook page, Hill Starts Driving School, or via WhatsApp on 5406-5658. Hill Starts Driving School. Confidence, fun, safety. And what's it like living in London, Lauren? I mean, is that where you want to be? Yeah, yeah. I think London is, I mean, London is amazing. It is amazing. It's so, so, so nice. I think being young and living in London as well is like really exciting. Um, Culturally as well. I mean, there's so much you can do. There's so much you can do. There's, you know, exhibitions popping up all the time. Even just different areas of London that I've never been to before. Spending a weekend and exploring that area food there's so many nice mm. places to eat as where, well where do you live what area do you live i live in? in east london so close to shoreditch which is like a really kind of cool area yeah um in london and it's really really nice and i go to london college of fashion for my masters and that's really nice it's a really a good university kind of one that's quite <clears throat> famous for fashion really and that's really exciting to be in a university that's solely dedicated to fashion because obviously Northumbria University, there's courses for other things, law, psychology, yeah. fashion is so such a minor kind of space in that university, whereas London College of Fashion. So everybody does the everybody same thing. Everybody does. There's, you know, jewellery Different... and all of this <clears throat> in like one building. And it's amazing, really. And What's the best thing about it? I think the kind of digital technology. So now more and more people are using digital technology to kind of eliminate time from pattern cutting and everything. So yeah. so there's someone has made, like, I mean, years ago, a program called Gerber, and it's a pattern cutting software. So you, the same as I would make patterns manually by hand, you can just do it on a computer and you have your patterns there and then you can just print them out and make it. And it is mm. much, like, much faster. When you make patterns, you're tracing everything and yes. it takes so much time. <clears throat> and and pinning, then you have to pin. Exactly. And then also there's, we've been learning to use another one called Optitex and it's a 3D software. So with the patterns we make on Gerber, we import them 
onto Optitex and we can simulate them onto like a 3D model. Do the first mm-hmm. test to see if it looks nice. You have it like digitally. But it's amazing. It's really and is cool. that what you're learning how to use now? Yeah. So we've been <clears> doing that kind of equipment. Yeah, workshops kind of once a week on that and then on our own time kind it's of very experimenting. Cool. And how do you print something so long, like a pattern? So you'd have like a like a plotter and it's like maybe ah. like two meters wide. Of course, and then, then can you can just do anything. Print, like as much wow, as you want. That's incredible. It's really, really cool. It's really amazing. And I think that because it's something that's becoming so new now, this like new technology, new way of working, it's really like I think quite a privilege to be able to learn how to do it and it'll make it better for I guess employment and the future and everything I think it's a privilege that you're there I mean yeah if you think about it you know it's probably one of the best places to be in yeah in the industry and mm-hmm. you've got a place there I mean you know it's 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 good for you I mean honestly <laughs> I take my hat off to you because you. you must be um, a really hard worker it's very competitive yeah I think if um, you're really passionate about something you don't want to kind of waste your time like I think I have a year and a half in this university Left. I want to use like all of the yes. facilities I want to use every like sewing machine that they have that I can't even get at home <laughs> because it, if not it's a waste yes. really and it's like time solely for me to focus on like my practice so I really want to make the most of it so I really enjoy kind of being in university and I feel like I thrive in that kind of environment environment as well. And what? tell me about your creativity, your your designs that you've made, these that I've seen that are like boxed. They, mm. Was that just the menswear that I saw? The ones that you showcased in Jib Kitchen? Yes. That's, so, that's the only thing really that I've seen. Yeah. Tell me a bit more about all the other creations that you've so, made. Most of them kind of follow on from that. That was kind of the biggest piece of work I've done in university year. Your whole lead up is to your final collection. That's, you know, what everything is hyped up. And then after that, it's a few odd kind of garments here Here and there. there. So that's kind of my biggest piece of work that I have made and I own, um, which is really cool. And I guess I kind of like these very oversized silhouettes but like you said quite uh, feminine as well like yeah they are I did like a vest for like a man in a bright pink with like a cowl neck front like you know men wouldn't really wear that wear that but, but then now it they, looked so good it like, looked it was, great and now I mean the models you had were pretty good and now you know any any man could exactly with the confidence as you say yeah could wear something like that so. yeah and also trying to make men's wear also that people would wear although fashion is amazing I think some of it can be quite silly when you see catwalk shows and it looks like they're wearing like a sleeping bag with like Mm. elastic around and you think well that's not very realistic like people aren't gonna buy that and aren't gonna wear that so Mm. I think I always focus on would people actually wear this like they have to be a bit more daring to wear it but ultimately Mm. that it could be sold kind of commercially and it is like that's what you look at not whether it can be sold or not yeah because if not it's yes it's not worth a waste yes which was difficult in university because they do kind of push a lot for um the catwalk like exposure and that type of and I had a lot of arguments with my tutors and I said I don't want to make something silly that people aren't going to wear because that's just not who you are waste and it's not who I am when I want to design and everything so yeah wow Gosh, how exciting. It is. It's very exciting. It's really exciting. So ultimately, what would be your ideal job? 
when you finish? I it, mean, you it's know, it's a very tricky one because I think at the moment I just want to kind of work for someone else as a pattern cutter and kind of develop my skills in that. And then from there, I I like the sewing, but I don't want to design the dresses. So in the industry, someone would design a dress and they would kind of say either it could be a very rough sketch or something a bit more detailed. They'd give it to a pattern cutter. They would make the pattern, figure it all out. Oh, I see. Then they'd give that to a seamstress. They would make that up. And then obviously it goes to catwalk and to production where it gets like okay. mass manufactured. Okay. So I think a lot of the clever things in the design process is figuring out how the garment is going to get put together. Ah. Yeah. So and that's, that's a specific job in itself, just to do that. Pattern cutting, yeah. I think every company would have a pattern cutter or someone that every works. Design, every, every designer or manufacturer of clothing. Yeah, anyone would have at least one, but a lot of them have so many different ones. Like imagine a company like H&M, they'd have pattern cutters yeah. for children's wear, men's mm. wear, women's wear, um, even even down to the categories like um, Short trousers. Skirts, long skirts. Yeah, yes. basically. So it is kind of a very specific job. And then after that, I don't, I don't really know. But you're going to stay in London. For now. You're happy there? Yeah. I always say I'm young, so it's amazing. I always say I wish I could do what I could do in Gibraltar. It's yeah, like, I, you so can't. I, no, you don't think you can. I don't think I can. I think ultimately, first of all, men's wear in Gibraltar is not that. I don't think the men of Gibraltar are that. I could be wrong, but I don't Is think. that who you want to design for, men as particular? Yeah. Okay. I find women's wear quite boring okay yeah so so you want to carry on I mean I know that you yeah. you were told to do the, um, yeah. a collection for men's but you actually thought that that was yeah I enjoy it like you really much more with my like guy friends I always tell them like you should wear this and they'll ask me like do you like this and I'm like you could yeah you should buy this so that's what I enjoy more but I don't think in jib the yeah there's, there's a like big, the there's scope. a big market no for exactly. men's and then <clears throat> yeah and then also I think there's such a craft behind clothes that like people don't understand. Like my dad would be like, oh, I just need a cheap t-shirt and shorts and then I'm happy. And I'm like, but the quality in something like really well made, that's more expensive. It's going to last longer. And I think there's still many people that don't understand kind of that aspect of stuff. So I would love to come back to Gibraltar. I think if I do, it would be, Still doing something creative, but maybe not kind of menswear and just doing that in my own time as a hobby, really. I don't rule anything out at all. I'd love to live in like Barcelona or something as well. There's quite a scope for fashion there. Mm. And then I think that's the best of both worlds. Have you traveled quite a lot with that, with your with your jobs or? Not really. Usually they don't send the people at the very low positions to travel, which mm. is unfortunate. I did live in Amsterdam for two months on an internship. Wow. And that was really fun. What are internships? So internships, they sound better than they actually are. You're basically working for a company for free. So oh. yeah, unfortunately in fashion, if you don't do internships, it's like impossible to get a job. But then internships, you're working for someone and they're just not paying you. So it's like free labor for them. Yeah. Really. Um, as part of my degree, we had a year out in the industry. So I did two internships in London, kind of separate times, and then one in Amsterdam. So wow. you're going and you're working for a company and you're like, I guess, just employed by them, but not getting paid. But you learn like 
quite a lot. A lot. And yeah. in those ones, then I was, you know, helping backstage in fashion shows and kind of the really fun, exciting side of fashion that I was like, this is amazing. So, wow. Yeah. So it's experience more. It's what you experience. get is experience. And then you can, on your CV, write that you did an internship yeah. here or there. And, and, and that like looks good. Really. Yeah. And the fact that, that you, you know, were there a couple of months, that the prospective employer will see that you're, yeah, you know, exactly. and also proactive just also. The and bra- like the brands you've worked with, they'll know kind of who they are and what they're about and what the work is like. So then wow. it's ideally supposed to make you more employable. Yeah. So what's what's the next thing for you? I mean, finishing your master's, I guess. Finishing my master's and then just staying in London, hopefully, and finding a job that I'm happy in. Well, we look out for you. I'm following you on on Instagram. So now I'll know what you're getting up to. I need to get better at posting on Instagram. I feel (laughs) like I do. I do so much work kind of all the time, but I'm so... Not techie, stuck no. in my work mm. that then I'm like oh gosh I'm I a should bit really like update that. my Instagram with what I'm doing yeah because you know people will will want to know what you're doing I mean I find I find it interesting and I'm sure lots of people would as well yeah definitely so for somebody who doesn't know very much about fashion but <laughs> no it is it is good that's why the jib kitchen thing was the jib kitchen is so a great nice. idea as well yeah um I know Alex and Stefano they they try and promote all these you know the it's arty amazing. people. There's so many creative people yeah, in there Gibraltar. Are, there it's are. so nice. For sure. And it's like such a nice community as well. It's amazing. So we've been chatting for quite a long time already. Oh, uh, really? Thank, yeah, over <laughs> half an hour. So thanks a lot, Lauren, for giving no me giving you. up some time. I want to ask you one question. Okay. This is the one I ask everybody. Okay. It's very easy. Um, who do you admire? If there's somebody in the world that you admire and why do you admire them? Or somebody that, that inspires you? Oh, Admire and inspire. Two different Two things. Two different. Huh? If I admire, I think my my, my, my mom, really, that sounds mm. very cheesy, but yeah. she's no. like a great woman and she does yeah. so much for like well, everyone. So, and inspire, I don't think, I couldn't say that there's one person that inspires me. I think there's people that I can find inspirational at different points for what they're doing. But ultimately, for me, inspiration comes from so many other things that's not really people I guess I think Mm. um I'm inspired by people who are constantly um you know advocating for really good things sustainability Mm. especially I think is like quite amazing but not really any anyone in particular so might not be the That's fine. That's fine. Thank you very much. Anyway, uh, it's been a real pleasure to to talk to you, and all the best. Good luck. Thank you. You've been listening to Women Rising, a series of talks where I've chatted to fabulous and inspirational women exclusively about their lives and their losses, their struggles and their successes, and their contribution to this world where they are empowering others and making a huge difference in our community. Thanks must go to my producer, Charlie Hurst, for putting this podcast together. Catch him at soundunit.co.uk. And a huge thank you also to Beatrice Garcia, who has designed and painted the podcast icon, She's at BeatriceGarcia.com. Should you like to advertise your business on my podcast, please get in touch and please like and rate the show on your favorite listening platform and comment also if you can. And should you want to get in touch with me, my email is rougejib at gmail.com.